back. Jace the Doctor here. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Hope you all are well. It is 8.23 a.m. Eastern Time here in New York. I forget. I have to kind of put it in perspective here for everybody who listens because I can see the demographics and it seems like there are people uh, all over the world who have checked it out, which I'm so appreciative for. Uh, but uh, currently, this is I do this around this time every morning because I'm usually on the road um, going to various places. So cold day, but beautiful. Love it. Sun's out. Uh, it's amazing, really, the power of the sun. Um, when you haven't seen the sun and then the sun is out, it's amazing how it's, it really is transformational to have that sun. It's just life-giving. Um, so let's, uh, let's dive right in to the podcast again. Thank you for those, again, who listen, share, leave reviews, all important. Uh, I love all you guys, and I hope that I'm providing more value every day as I continue to do this. Uh, one note, I will just reference the last podcast. Um, it's going to take a little bit more for you to listen to that one because it's a little off track uh, and out of the box, but I implore you to please listen to it. Uh, it's a very important podcast, the one that was about NFTs. Listen to it. It's short, but it will give you a wealth of information. It's so important for your child and your future. Um, health and well-being. Okay, so I am going to talk a little bit about something that is kind of the thorn in my side. It has always been, and it's, and it's actually the reason I started the beverage company, uh, and it has to do with sports drinks. And to give you a little backstory, um, when my youngest son was about eight, he played peewee football. And um, my kids, from a young age, always were involved in sports, always really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, and I was always the one who was like, I mean, I, it's, it's like it's stained in my head, you know, going to these games and practices when they were so young. I mean, five, peewee soccer and, and just watching, you know, like the amount of crap that people would bring for the kids. And I mean, I remember one time during like the half when his mother came out with a, a tray full of um, a mini cupcakes. And I was like, what is wrong with us? You know, like we're, we're, they're here having getting activity outside and we're feeding them a ton of sugar at 11 in the morning. Like, I just don't get it. But it went on and on like that. I mean, it's, uh, there were points, no joke. I just said, I'm going to bring stuff for the whole team. Like, you know, I, I get it. It's part of culture where, like, you feel like you should be bringing stuff. It makes them feel important, like they're real athletes, like when you bring peeled oranges and stuff. I mean, there's no reason for any kid to have to eat <laughs> during the course of an hour game. Um, drinking, yes, but eating, no. Um, but since, you know, people wanted to bring stuff, I was like, all right, fine. I'll bring fruit for everybody, the organic fruit, or grapes, oranges. And, and that was just me because I knew I wasn't going to win fighting against it uh, so I just brought it for everybody but anyway you know as I got older as I went on um, the one thing that was always the bane of my being I, I think that's how it is or definitely the thorn on my side was sports drinks just because I knew too much about them I knew <clears throat> I knew why they were produced um, I knew why what was in them and there was absolutely not even no reason for children to drink them, but they were more detrimental than anything. And I never 
let my kids drink that stuff. I mean, this was, and this is before even Gatorade came out with like an organic Gatorade. But I never let them drink it. There was no reason, number one, these things were produced for these 250, 300 pound football uh, athlete, uh, college athletes that were having trouble um, playing and practicing in the heat where the Gator came from, from the Florida Gators. And they needed something to help them so they weren't passing out. And that's where these drinks came from. So it was a combination of a ton of sugar and electrolytes. But of course, when it was produced back then, there was also tons of crap they put in there for sustainability and everything. So these things would last eight years on the shelf. It didn't change much over the decades. Uh, it was the same stuff, same, 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 same stuff. When the, um, when the market changed and consumer demand changed, they decided to try out putting an organic Gatorade out um, so they wouldn't lose market share to people who were looking for a better product. And, you know, you were fighting again society and your kids wanting these things and you were like, all right, well, if you're going to put out an organic product, then that's definitely better. And it is definitely better. I just have this thing about companies that didn't do it right from the beginning and then all of a sudden they put it out just because of consumer demand. Um, it's not because they did it because they, they are worried about your health. Um, they did it because people wanted it and they'll pay for it. You know, that's, that's my issue with it. But anyway, during... Uh, when my younger son was eight and he was at his peewee football practice, I remember just sitting there and I was kind of looking around and I was, you know, it always again hurts me that I was watching these kids drinking these 16, 32 ounce, 58, 56, whatever ounce drinks that had just a, a, a ton of sugar. And I did this experiment once and I think it's interesting. I think you, it'd be good for you guys to try it too, is to actually show you how much sugar that they ingest in a day. Um, it's very simple. And basically what you do is you take for every four grams of sugar that they eat, uh, it's, it's between, it's, it's almost four. So we'll just round it to four. So for every four that they eat, that's equivalent to a teaspoon of sugar. And what you do is everything they eat over the course of the day or they drink, if you can read a label or Google what it is, write down how much, how many grams of sugar are in each thing. At the end of the day, tally the sugar and then convert it to teaspoons. Uh, once you've converted it to teaspoons, actually teaspoon the sugar out of a bag into like a Ziploc and look at it and you will be shocked. I mean, if your child had one sports drink, you'd be shocked, but add that into the course of the day of everything else they have, the amount of sugar they ingest most kids in the course of a day is mind blowing. I promise you, you have no idea because some people go with low sugar and, and you know, well, it's a little bit here and there, but it adds up over time, you know, and fruit and everything else. I mean, it all adds to it. So try that out. It's a really interesting experiment. But anyway, looking at the, um, you know, them drinking the sports drinks and all the other stuff, it just always, I was like, God, this is like just contributing to why our society is like this. But what got me that one day was as I looked around, I noticed that, you know, these eight-year-olds, eight-year-olds, mini, mini athletes, um, had siblings on the sideline and, you know, on their blankets with the mom and dad or whoever it was. And what I, I happened to notice that day was they were drinking it too. And there was these little, little ones, three, four year, five years old, walking around with blue and red stained lips. And I'm sitting there and I was going like, my God, like, what are we doing? You know, like it's bad enough that these, the other ones are drinking, but now like we're giving it to them this young, 
like this is a major contributor to the downfall of why this generation is so sick. So anyway, long story short, I went down to my basement that night after all this contemplation in my head and said, how do I Google a bit a beverage company? And from there I started to make healthier products. But what I want to get into here is why are they so bad and why can they be even worse and even make your kid underperform from drinking them? So let's start with just a basic, your basic sports drink. Everybody knows this Gatorade. Just get a standard Gatorade, you know, your 99 cent Gatorade. And, and let me just also say this. Most of the time, if it's 99 cents for this bottle of liquid, there's a reason it's 99 cents. Part of it is the amount of that like, they can produce, and obviously that lowers the price. But the other part is, is because of the ingredients. It's cheap ingredients. And if it's cheap ingredients, that means it's what they're ingesting is cheap ingredients. And cheap ingredients are not only not good, but can be more harmful than anything. But anyway, getting back to like a standard, let's say sports drink. There's a couple of important things to know about these sports drinks. I gave you the history of how they were, um, how they came about, right? Um, so number one, your child is not a 250, 300 pound athlete. Going into high school, 98 or 99% of them are not either. Um, well, maybe there's a few, but not, but not most. Number two, most of them are not practicing in the heat. Some are. A lot aren't. Number three, the amount of sugar they need for that hour or two hour practice, even practicing in the heat, is minimal. The sugar is just to, is for an energy sustainability. When they work and they sweat and it's hot, they certainly burn a lot of calories. So a little bit can be needed to sustain them because most of them still have storage in the form of fat and the body will use fat for that purpose. So the 14, 14, 16, 20 teaspoons of sugar in that one bottle is absolutely unnecessary. Number, what am I on? Four? Something? Four, three, four? The electrolytes are important because when they sweat, they lose them. But inferior electrolytes can still help, but are nowhere near as good as as natural electrolytes. So natural electrolytes are things that come from the earth, like sea salt. That can come from the ocean, it can come from Great Lakes. They're salt deposits, which basically have all the uh, basic trace minerals and elements besides the standards, potassium, magnesium, and zinc uh, needed for life. But this is, it comes from the earth. This is our natural source and it's always the best. Most of the ones going into these bottles are lab synthesized, cheaper versions. So although they are the electrolyte and although they can help, they are definitely a poor quality and poor quality means poor, uh, poor uh, product. So in other words, poor outcome. And I'll explain a little bit more of that. Um, fifth, there's a ton of chemicals in there. There's preservatives, there's artificial uh, colors, there's all kinds of stuff that are absolutely unnecessary, don't provide any value, uh, are detrimental, and are really just there for marketing, eye appeal, and for uh, preservation, so it's able to stay on the shelf longer. Um, this combination, 
giving it to a child is is health is devastatingly um, terrible for their health. Not short term necessarily. It's not like they'll drink it and they'll get sick. But the long term cumulative effects are horrendous. There's inflammation. There's um, endocrine disruption. There's the toxins. Um, the, the carcinogens. Of all kinds of things that can make your child sick. The the short-term picture, which is what I don't think most people think about, is can it actually make them perform worse? So if you think about it, if they're if you've loaded them, if they're loading themselves up with all this all these chemicals and sugar and all this other stuff, is it making them not able to focus as well? Is it making their stability worse? Uh, is it making them fatigue? You know, are they getting a burst of energy and then just just uh, crashing? Um, you know, is there are there mus- is their muscle ability to perform optimally weakened? A lot of people don't think of it this way. We just you know go with well whatever's you know cool and whatever athletes seem like they're drinking because I have to tell you, um, and I will back this up. All these athletes that you see on TV that are drinking Gatorade and these sports drinks, I will guarantee you that even though you may see them take a sip, most of the time it's usually you'll see them take it in basketball. But the ones out on the field, um, football, they have Gatorade um, coolers and Gatorade bottles. You don't know what's coming out of those bottles. The Gatorade coolers. I'm sure have Gatorade in them because when they dump them on people, you can see they're yellow, red, or blue, whatever they are. But you have no idea. You don't see these guys lining up to drink this stuff. You see them with sport bottles, but you don't know what's in there because I guarantee you that these guys know that this stuff isn't helping. I guarantee you they're drinking water or electrolyte water or something simple. Guarantee. That is a marketing thing. They get paid big bucks for that. Um, they pay big bucks to have those logos on TV, so don't be fooled because your kids absolutely are fooled by it. Seeing their favorite athletes drink this stuff, seeing it uh, subconsciously in the background, but don't be fooled by it. Any child athlete, even college athlete, even most athletes, do not need sports drinks. There are. I would say the majority, and I don't know what percentage it is, but I'm going to say it's a hot, it's a high percentage of people that play sports, even at a higher level, just need electrolyte water, and that's it. Um, sorry, as if you're new to the podcast, you're wondering why I'm stuttering here. I'm just watching, um, <laughs> trying to get off of an exit ramp, and somebody in front of me is either drunk or on a phone or something, but. Has an inability to properly drive, and here we go. Okay. Anyway,、uh, this is the joys of doing podcasts in the car. I'm always trying to get where I need to be, trying to stay safe.、Um, I haven't yawned, but I've been on a roll with that. And、um, I, there's been no major pauses for me to take a sip of coffee. So this has been a good day. <laughs> so、um, anyway, back to、uh, what I was saying. Electrolyte water is the key. Is all you need. Now. A lot of athletes, elite athletes, don't have a lot of body fat, so I understand the need to to have some sugar in the process. Those are elites, not most kid athletes. Most kid athletes have some body fat on them.
uh, they don't need that because when they're practicing or playing, their body will use body fat for energy. All it is is stored energy. It's sugar that's been stored into fat. Your body will convert it back to sugar and use it. So electrolyte water is the best. And if you want your child to perform at their optimum, then you want to give them electrolyte water. You don't want to give them these chemicals. And I'll give you one better. And here's a little bit kind of going down the rabbit hole, thinking out of the box type thing. If you allow them to have drinks like this, it could be anything else, but drinks like this that have these ingredients in them, how is that affecting their ability to sustain um, impact and not get injured? I did a podcast about this one time. I think it's an, an interesting thing to really sit and think about. Your child is growing. Everything you feed them gives them the backbone and the uh, cellular um, ingredients to build new tissue. If you're giving them subpar ingredients, then they're building subpar cells and tissues, which makes them weaker. So could it be that kids that are drinking sports drinks, um, especially a lot, are weaker, have weaker bodies, have weaker muscles, weaker organs, um, weaker bones? You know, think about that. I, I think 100%, 1,000%, I think that's true. I mean, I, I've said this multiple times that this is, on the, on, the, on the lowest level, the things that you feed them, the most important part of it is that you're giving them building blocks to become an adult. And if you want to build a weak adult, then give them subpar ingredients, subpar food. If you want to build a strong adult, then give them good quality stuff. You know, the body's an amazing thing. I mean, a body's always shedding bad cells, always building new ones. So you can always add in and you can always change and change structure of certain things. But, you know, like when you're building a body, there's certain important things that once they're built, they're built. Um, there are shedding of dying cells as things um, you know, have their life cycles and they constantly build new stuff. But certain things are structurally sound by the time they stop growing. You know, these are things that you must, must think about as a parent. It's, it's not, it's, it's, you think about it like an iceberg, like things you see on the outside are not the big picture. Because that little tip on the iceberg underneath there three, is really three quarters of the iceberg. It's what you can see. And so many people are just, don't think far enough into it that the real worry and the real concern and what you really must think about is what you can't see. It's what's inside that's going on. Nobody, there's no warning labels that say this child's gonna break a bone this child's going to get a tumor. This child's going to get diabetes. This child uh, is going to get some other sort of disease. There's no warning sign. It happens inside. It's only when the it's come, gotten to a point where there's a symptom that you finally know. But by that time, it's already there. It's been there for a while. 
these things, things don't just start and then give you a symptom. Symptoms are always the last thing to happen. This is classic example of why when somebody has a massive heart attack, like that's it. Like typically there's no warning signs. Some people have them. Some people have what they call TIAs, which are kind of like the red flag that you're about to have one. But most people who have heart attacks, their first sign that they are having a heart attack we're going to have a heart attack is the heart attack. And a lot of people don't make it past that point. Same thing with could be an aneurysm, right? If you've ever known anybody who's died of a dissecting aneurysm, meaning the vessel, a major vessel in their body had a weak spot, it ballooned from there and eventually the balloon bursted and they just bled out. There is absolutely most of the time no sign that's going on this first sign that it is is you die so not to be not to be morbid but just to be blatantly honest here like the worry to me is always what's going on inside what are we giving them and this is you know look there's and there's a way to deal with this too i mean for me myself i i sometimes catch myself going overboard in because I know too much and that knowledge sometimes you know makes what I do and say a little over the top and I had to try to have to deal with and how to uh, make uh, better ways to go about that with my kids or whatever else because I don't want to over be, be overbearing about it and then make it worse because you can certainly you know push it too far where then they become uh, it becomes something where they just then they want, then they crave, and then they eat or do stuff when you're not there, not looking. I mean, I have a relationship, thank goodness, with my children where, you know, if they do have something or want something, like they, they, they've had it, but they tell me, and then we discuss it. I don't make it a bad thing, but I also try to make it, you know, look, it's about balance. And I've said this too, like, they're going to have stuff. The more you teach them, though, about them makes them make better choices. And they may say, you know, oh, I had these mini muffins or whatever it was. And, you know, in my head, I'm already on the floor twitching. But, you know, then I have to think about it and like, all right, you know, well, you had that. It's fine. You just can't have something else. Like, again, it's that cumulative effect. If parenting is not freaking easy. Uh, make no mistake about it. If you're not a parent, it's no walk in the park. Like, these kids don't get born and then the guidebook pops out right afterwards. Like... You need to do your homework. There's a lot to know. And if you just go by what you go by, by what's on the surface and what you hear from others, you are not going to raise an optimal child. That's just how it is. Um, if you're if you're deep into it like I am and you've been through and, and listen, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off in different directions here. When I say it's not easy, there are and I've been through a lot as a parent. If you've listened to my podcast, you've probably heard. I mean, I've been through CPS coming to my house because I didn't bring a child back to a follow-up doctor's visit for um, a breathing issue, issue, which ended up being because of a new puppy. Um, I've been through a, a major, still going through a major um, um, issue with uh, one of my children um, for a brain tumor. Um, I've had 
patients over the years come in with all different things from autism to cancers to everything you can think of and and, and had experiential work experience working with these children um, I have been through more than most people and I don't wish it on you it's just like when I you know blew my back out in chiropractic school at the gym and have experienced that pain I don't wish that on anybody but I know when somebody came in with some severe pain I know what it felt like so it makes it a little bit easier for me to give you that advice and give you the guidance because I've been there uh, and it's not easy I will tell you over that over and over and over I'm not sitting here on a soapbox preaching to you like just, just do this this is what you have to do be a parent it's not easy but nobody said it would be easy and you can skate by I've seen many parents skate by and many kids suffer because of it because it's a I mean if you didn't think you had a full-time job every kid you have is a full-time job I have five full-time jobs on top of everything else that I do it just is it's a constant constant it's you know think about it like in nature if you were a lion and a uh, you had a cub you're constantly in survival protective mode now in the wild you know you're in this I need to like make sure that we eat to survive and also make sure nobody no predators come along and kill my kids like that's at the top end of it it's not much different though for us I mean you know not only do we have to make sure that they survive and thrive but we want to make sure that nothing does anything bad to them and that could be in their environment it could be from us I mean it could be a ton of stuff so think about this stuff when it comes to sports drinks it's one thing but it's a big thing I it's it's this isn't little like this isn't like oh you know like I gave them a few M&Ms the other day I'm a lousy parent sports drinks don't happen once they happen multiple times they start young and unless and if you're somebody who shrinks them which plenty of adults do because they're cheap they are full of sugar and they think they're getting benefit from them um, you need to change as well water and electrolytes you can find the same thing at the store store brand same price it doesn't have the taste I'm sorry it doesn't have the look I'm sorry but it's all you need many people are low on electrolytes and you lose them whether you know it or not even in the winter you lose it through your skin so it's really important but you don't need all that other crap and all that other scrap is just is just adding to the downfall of yourself and to your kids so I hope this was uh, something to think about um, I hope it's something to discuss I think it's um, again another piece to the puzzle and my job here I believe is just to give you more and more information to uh, have more tools in your tool belt to continue to raise the best child possible um, and if you haven't had a child is to gear up and have the knowledge so when you do you are ready it's much easier obviously to be prepared than to try to get it when that child comes out you know again the only thing that comes out after the child is the placenta there is no handbook and you'll have a lot of instinct and a lot of gut feelings about what to do and 
everybody for the most part seems to be able to do it. You can allow that child to live and survive. It's more about how do we raise an optimal healthy child that will contribute to society that will help overall the health of our world. You know, we each contribute to that. It's not just your small little world inside the big world. It's the world in general. Because the more the, the more people that are healthy, the better the world is. Physical health equals mental health, mental health equals physical health. And it's 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 really that if you extrapolate out, it's that important. All right. If you need to get me again, text 631-617-4375, email drj1k at gmail.com. Uh, please share with those of you, uh, with those who you think could benefit from this information. This is a big one, I think, especially if you know people that have kids that are athletes. Um, these are life-changing things where if you've given the information to them, if you've given it to 10 people, and even if one person gets it, you know, you've made a significant impact on that child. Um, and that's a massive thing. I mean, any child that we can impact to the positive is a huge, huge win for all of us. All right, guys, have a phenomenal, phenomenal day. Jace the Doctor, I'm out.